But bless God, I, I love it when God's spirit moves. And there's, there's so many different facets to his spirit and what it compels us to do, isn't there? Times where God's spirit compels us to shout. Pastor Kelly spoke to times where he compels us to run. Times where he compels us to bow down and be silent. And I love what God's spirit does inside us. And I don't know about you, but I just want more of it, whatever that entails. And I want to be able to yield to it. Everyone in here today, this is going to be a significant word, say yield. Okay, not very good. So let's try that one more time. Everyone say yield. Much better. I'm, I'm much more impressed now. Uh, you can, and we're going to eventually get there. You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, we have been going through this Level Up series, and the, the reality is, if I wanted to, I could use the idea of this series and apply it to most of our messages. But I wanted to be particular in the things that we're calling you to do, because I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of being stuck in a cycle. Who hates cycles of life? I don't know about you, I wanna progress, I wanna move forward, and a lot of the messages that we have been preaching is to get out of the elementary teachings of our faith, to get out of the cycles of sin, and step into a deeper understanding with the Lord, who wants a deeper understanding? And so a handful of times over the past year, I have discussed the importance of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And a, a, a root for that is out of Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power, everyone say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to tell you what the infilling of the Holy Spirit will do for you. It will compel you to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. That's, if you want the simplest definition of what it does, that's it. And we hear things like power. Right. What does that mean? How do I relate to that? How do I understand it? How does that actually work inside a person? Because I don't know about you, but for the most part, with the exception of money, I see people as pretty powerless, right? There, there's, only one, there, there's only a couple ways we translate power. Money and position, right? And so we develop this understanding of power differently through the word of God, that this is the power of God through us to display to the world who he is. And there are many ways the spirit of God works in us, and we call these manifestations spiritual gifts. Everyone say gifts. Okay, who likes gifts in here? I love gifts. I, and I'm going to just be honest for a minute. I love to receive gifts far more than I love to give. Now, I can tell you, he paired me with the perfect partner because she loves to give gifts. That's what she does. And I, I have had to learn, sometimes she gives well beyond what I've asked, and, and we're like, babe, I, I don't need this, but thank you, thank you. And there are examples of God using gifts 
in our church services. One of the examples is the prophetic. He can give a prophetic word and speak out to his people, and we're going to discuss what that means a little bit later. But also, we have heard tongue and interpretation, haven't we? So we have seen healings before. Another thing that we might see is you've seen Wendy operate in this gift. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a word of knowledge partnered with healing where there is a word of knowledge spoken for someone who needs healing in the room. And I believe that God also manifests in the spirit at that moment to bring healing to that person. But what these giftings do, it provides people with an opportunity to respond to the power of God. And what we can call these moments, we can call them power encounters, but here's the cool thing. I believe spiritual gifts are available to all. Everyone say all. I believe they're available to all who humble themselves, seek him, and want to be used by him. Who can say amen to that? So we're going to unpack this in Scripture today. We're going to read Scripture, and then we're going to pray. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 11. Who's ready for the Word of God to speak this morning? All right, let's read. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, You were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Let's repeat that. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret What is being said? It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Let's pray. Father God, may we yield to your Spirit this morning. God, may we truly desire the things of you. It's not just something we say, It's not just something we come into a room and we desire and then we turn it off, but God, that we truly desire the things of you and desire the gifts that you give. Lord, your son teaches us that, uh, Lord, it's only you that gives good gifts. And as a father seeks to give good gifts to their children, Lord, you give the best. May we desire those gifts from you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. I read this section of scripture, and there was something that stood out above everything else right at first. In verse 1, he says that they were asking questions about special abilities. Did you hear Paul say that? And I hear that, and I don't want to minimize what the Spirit of God can do. But in our modern-day culture, we are craving this idea of special abilities. How many of the movies do we have coming out today are superhero films, right? That clearly speaks to our culture. And what, what I'm seeing is that we as a people desire our reality to be altered. So there's other ways our realities are altered. You'll notice today, more than ever, the promotion of mind and genetically altering substances. There's also, you, you've seen, it's, it's going to become even more prevalent here in the near future, working with robots and artificial intelligence. Society has always been curious about astrology, psychics, and mediums. And I just want to give you a word of caution as we're getting ready to move into artificial intelligence. There are things I already use AI for. Because i got to tell you, when I'm crafting up an email for Move Ministries, it is awful nice to run it through an AI program and they have suggestions to clean up my mess. That's wonderful. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a word of caution. Because I see a day and age coming where AI is going to function as companions for people. And then it's going to go beyond companionship. It's going to be worship. And I am telling you, church, the time to begin guarding your heart is now. Because there is this worldly desire to push beyond a mundane reality and our basic existence as humans. And what I have found is that these areas that I just mentioned, it even captivates the Christian because most Christians aren't getting beyond a surface-level relationship with God. And so they're only taking God at face value in what they read in the Word and just operating in our basic human existence and not tapping into the true spiritual nature of God. And what saddens me for most of our churches, they have not seen the power of God on display because people, not God, people are actively choosing not to walk in that power. Jesus in Acts 1.8 is clear on the purpose of God sending his Holy Spirit to fill people. That God chooses to do this so that we can be witnesses to a powerful God. Lord knows that any single one of us could choose to just go speak to someone about who Jesus is and be pretty compelling. But I am telling you that when we are in and of the Spirit, the Spirit is going to move upon us and impress upon us the words that that person needs to hear. There was a missionary named Boniface. Who here has heard of Boniface? Maybe a few of you. He was called to minister to the barbar barbarians in Germany. 
And the, the, these people at the time, they were tree worshipers. Kind of hard for us to relate to this, but we, we see this to some extent today in, in different ways, in, in a lot of environmentalists. But there was one tree in particular they worshipped, and it was the Oak of Thor. That was the name of the tree, and it was, hum, it was a humongous oak. And they believed that anyone who cut down the tree would die. And they had evidences of people in the past trying to harm the tree and being stricken with sickness or, in fact, death. And so Boniface comes to minister to these people, and he is praying, how do I minister to these people? And the Spirit of God moves on him and says, I want you to call them all in and cut the tree down. Imagine what that does to people where they believe all life, everything flows from the power of this tree. And so Boniface goes there and he starts sawing. And right when he's about halfway through, a mighty wind comes and helps push the tree down. The tree falls down and it splits into four equal parts. And then Boniface decides, I am going to use this tree to build a church. And from there, he split it up, built a church. Many came to believe in Christ because they saw a spirit of a higher power. And they decided, that is the God we want to serve. Now, what I've learned through examples of these over the years is that we need to be used of the right spirit. Now, if you look around, there are signs of many different kinds of powers in this world. And what I have learned is that all these powers come from one of two places. There's this deceptive power in many facets, it's actually all from the source that is Satan. Or there's the power of God, which will always clearly bear witness of Jesus Christ. In fact, in 1 John chapter 4, it tells us, test the spirits. And so what I want to do, particularly if you are note takers, here are four scriptures that you can test the spirits by. First one I want to mention is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. It says, so I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's one way to test the spirits. Another, Romans 8, 16 through 17, says, For his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ... We are heirs of God's glory, but if we are to share his glory, we, almost, we should also share in his sufferings. 1 John 4, 2 through 3. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and is indeed already 
here. Lastly, John 16, 13 through 15. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me joy by telling you whatever he receives from me. This is Jesus speaking. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Church, if it is from the Spirit of God, it will point to Jesus Christ. Very clearly, very plainly. And so anything else that points to any other kind of power is something that you don't want to mess with. And something that you can take to the bank, because we know how this story all ends. God has already revealed all this to us. There is no power greater than God, for he created all. And so I choose to submit myself to the authority and power of God. And God knows if you and I have the wrong motives in seeking that power. There was a man in Acts chapter 8. His name was Simon. They called him Simon the Sorcerer. And the people that were around Simon, they looked to him as the one who had great power. And they capitalized one. So they, they looked at him as God, in essence. Except the apostles, they went there to that area to minister. And they showed up under the power of the Holy Spirit. And others, as they were praying for him and they laid hands on him, others started to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And Simon decided, whoa, wait a second. I want that ability. And so it says in Acts 8, 18 through 22, listen. It says, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given... When the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part in this for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. So here is this all-powerful sorcerer who feels powerless compared to the Holy Spirit. There was also a sorcerer named Bar-Jesus in Acts 13, and he came against Paul and Barnabas, and Paul proved that nothing can overcome the power of God. So Paul spoke it out, and this this guy, Bar-Jesus, was struck with blindness. And church, I am telling you, the spirit world can never overcome the spiritual nature of God. It can't do it. And his spirit is displayed in many ways through you and I if we choose to yield to it. Who says, that's what I want? That's what I want. So we're going to go over the nine gifts just very quickly. I could spend a message on each gift. We're not going to do that today. We're just going to rifle through these. These are the nine gifts. The gift of wisdom. The Holy Spirit gives the ability to properly apply knowledge and to handle complex situations or problems and also to impart wisdom on other people. 
He gives the gift of knowledge. That is the Holy Spirit transferring his specific knowledge to you. Something that goes beyond our ability or means to understand. There's the gift of faith. There are times where our level of faith may not be enough to achieve a work the Lord has to get the job done. And so the Holy Spirit will call us to a deeper level of faith. His faith to go beyond for the miracle. There is the gift of healing. Jesus called us to pray for the sick. The Holy Spirit manifests this special gift through us. And any believer that has the infilling of the Holy Spirit may be called to any single event to have the gift of healing administered. And there are people that can also regularly walk in that gift. The gift of miracles. The Holy Spirit uses you to bring about an intervention in the natural realm. And so this is phenomena that that transcends natural law, and it's a divine act in which God reveals himself. And there are many examples of this in Scripture. Jesus turning the water into wine was a miracle. Feeding of the 5,000, God parting the Red Sea, Peter walking on water. Those are just a few examples. Then there's the gift of prophecy. And that can be a direct word from the Lord to give someone that can be foretelling or forthtelling. This gift, greater than others according to the Apostle Paul because it helps edify and build up the people of God. It should be the most desirable of gifts he refers to it as. There's the gift of discernment. To discern spirits means to be able to determine if it is a demonic spirit, if it's God's angels, or if it's the human spirit. This gift is used to fully expose what is operating behind the scenes of someone. There's the gift of tongues. There are two kinds of tongues, actually. A tongue... uh, that is from the earth, maybe of another language present on the earth, or a heavenly language. In Acts 2, it was tongues of other languages present on the earth because at the time they were having a large festival and there were many other people gathered from other regions that heard them speaking in familiar languages. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it refers to the tongues of angels. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 explains this gift is a language shared between the person and God the Father. And so it's not meant to benefit those around us unless prompted by the Spirit of God to do so. It is something that God and you just share together. Then there's the gift of interpretation of tongues. The Holy Spirit gives the ability to interpret what might be spoken out in tongues. And if tongues is publicly spoken in this church, it is important that we pray and wait for an interpretation. Is everyone hearing me? I know going through lists can be tedious, but it's important. Because we, as a church, we should not only desire spiritual gifts, but we should not be afraid to stir up these gifts. Amen? We should seek to do that. And we've got scripture to back that up. In 1 Corinthians 14, 39, it says, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. 
I know a lot of Pentecostal churches that are forbidding it right now. 1 Corinthians 14.1 Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 20, it says, Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies. 1 Timothy 4, 14, it says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. People are going to recognize something in you that you do not see in yourself. It is the Spirit of God prophesying over your life in where he wants to move you. And so what you have to do is be open to stepping into that. And stepping into that is scary because you are beginning to stir up the gifts. Did I read 2 Timothy 1.6? I think I did. No, I didn't. Yeah. So here we go. 1 Timothy 1.6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. This is the active God at work in us. These are the signs of it. And I I ask myself, why are so many people content with where they are at, And not seeking this. Verl, I'm sure you ask yourself that all the time. I think I know. The unknown is uncomfortable. What we do not know is is uncomfortable. And when I grew up in church and I see these gifts manifest themselves, I had this great misconception about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. This was the misconception that I had. I believed that the infilling of the Holy Spirit would require me surrendering my physical body. That is not reality. Are you guys hearing me? This is is probably the most important principle that I'm going to teach today. That is not reality. In fact, When you tap into other spirits apart from the Spirit of God, we do surrender control to Satan to possess us, to control us physically. But but God, the Spirit of God doesn't do that because we are truly his children and he wants to work with us and he wants to work through us. Satan seeks to manipulate. Do you guys see the difference? This is an important difference. So when being used by the Holy Spirit, I am willfully yielding myself to his spirit, to the spirit of God, because I know the greater work that he is doing in me. Church, I don't know about you, but we should seek to be used. Not so we look good, but that we can reveal God to others. Because guess what? I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what a person is going through when I'm ministering to them. Sometimes I don't know the right words to speak. Sometimes I don't know the right things to do. But the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God does. And that is how God reveals himself to to many people. 
And the supernatural work that God does through us should always point to the ultimate work God did through Jesus Christ. It is all for him, church. That is why we seek this. And so this is all done so that people have an encounter with God and, and witness that there is a powerfully active God who cares about them. And so everything does point to Jesus. And it, so it should not be enough that you and I, we just desire baptism into water, but we should desire baptism into the Holy Spirit equally as much. I want you to hear that again. Because... This church believes all Christians should be baptized in water, right? So by that statement, this church also believes it is just as equally as important that we be baptized into what? The Holy Spirit. And the apostles proved that in Acts. They were traveling around in, in Acts, and they learned that there was a people who had been baptized in water, but not baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they're like, wait a second, but... You, you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we don't even know what that is. And they stopped everything and said, this is the most important thing we can do right now. And I'm going to tell you what's so significant for us in seeking this. Church, you and I collectively, we are one body. Amen? Amen. We are one body. We are not individuals on an island, and this island makes a formation every Wednesday and Sunday, and we, we come together for a little bit. But we are, as the Bible would describe, as one body, many parts. And something that I have learned about the Spirit of God is God is not going to pour all of his gifts on you, so it is all present within you that you can just go out and be all things to all people, and you can level up. That is not what God wants to do. Now here's the thing. He wants to use you, but he also wants you to appreciate that we are nothing on our own. We need him. And furthermore, we need the people he sent his son for. We need each other. Listen to Hebrews 10.25. said, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We cannot neglect the assembling of ourselves together. And one of the reasons is because of the edification of the church. And here's the thing, there's only so much I can offer, there's only so much I can give. I, the older I get, the more I have learned about myself, the things I'm good at, the things I'm not. And what I have chosen to do is surround myself with people who have different giftings than me. When I was younger, I was seeking more to be around people who were similar to me. Then I started waking up to that I'm at a disadvantage. I'm not complete. But when I surround myself with people that have different giftings, different talents, different callings, next thing you know, I'm thriving in who I am. I want to read for you 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 25. This is our last scripture for today. It says, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. 
Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. I'm going to tell you something. Reading this section of scripture right here, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 25, you could read that apart from the gifts of the Spirit, and you could interpret it differently. But if we want to apply it in in proper context, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 11, Paul is talking about these special abilities or the spiritual gifts, and then he later goes on to talk about how much Our body is representative of many parts, and we need all these parts in order to function healthy, right? So what this means, we need all the manifestations of the gifts of his spirit throughout all kinds of people in this church body. We need it. That makes for a healthy church. And so we, as a people, should be seeking and desiring the things of the Spirit of God. He has made us all so different, yet placed us in the presence of each other for a reason. And so our desire, when we come in here, not to stir up the giftings in ourselves, stir up the giftings in one another, it says, So seeking to stir that up in one another and the Spirit of God, it helps us recognize how we fit together, that that he has birthed something great inside of me, he has also birthed something great inside of you, and I want to see you be able to use that to your full capacity. Who can say amen to that? But ultimately, he has brought us together to uniquely minister to people. And Kelton, if you could come just play some background. We need in this church the giftings to manifest themselves. And it's not that God doesn't want to. I want to be clear about that. It's not that God doesn't want to. It's that he is waiting for his people to yield to his spirit. To be of a pure heart and motive that we go be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. And church, we need to instruct others in this too, and we need to bring others along because there are people in this church with these giftings, and they need to be exercised. They need to be used. And the Apostle Paul is very clear that we should not quench the Spirit. We should not hold back when the Spirit of God prompts us and wants to use us. And we've we've seen examples of that where God prompts someone to get up and give a word. 
God prompts someone to come up and say, there's someone that needs to be healed today. Or God prompts someone to speak on his behalf of what his people need to hear. I don't know about you, but I want God to do that more. Because when he does it, he's speaking to people's hearts. There's some days I go home, I feel like my effort to speak to hearts has failed. But when we speak on behalf of the Holy Spirit, when we speak from the heart of God, it goes between that joint and marrow, as Hebrews calls it. It penetrates the heart. God does his work that he needs to do. And church, if there's anything we can do in our lives, not just in this room, but when we go home, is learn to yield to him. We need our motives to be placed on honoring his great name. I want to finish with an illustration because I believe that ultimately what this requires, it requires discipline. It requires us having a heart that seeks him daily. When I was a teenager, I didn't have very many disciplines. Who knows what I'm saying? One of the disciplines that I didn't have is I could cram for a test and I could get an A on that test. But guess what happened years later? Don't remember a single thing that I learned. And now, many of the countries that I travel to are Spanish-speaking countries. I took two and a half years of Spanish and have almost nothing to show for it. And you heard me talk about last week. I challenged myself with someone else as a witness. I said, I need to discipline myself in this. And thank the Lord for other disciplines that I have placed in my life. Because I'm on a seven-day streak with Duolingo. It's got to start somewhere. But that discipline came from other disciplines I implemented. And so at some point, what you have to do is you have to choose, I am going to discipline myself to go before the throne of God daily. And so I'm going to set apart this time. And church, I'm telling you, if you start with five minutes, I will applaud five minutes. But where, where you, are, you say, this is the time that I am going to read God's word. This is the time that I am going to pray. This is the time that I am going to seek him. And nothing is going to get in the way of that. Because I know many people that hear messages like this and say, Pastor, I want that power. Yet they come up to the altar. It doesn't happen. And I'm going to tell you often why. Because either one, God's telling you your heart's not in the right place or you're not ready. But I do think it can be attained. Because I think God's been stirring up the hearts of his people for a while now. And so there are people in this room in particular that move in the giftings of the Spirit, that have seen and prayed for people to be filled with the Spirit. So I'm going to call you forward because I think your ministry is important. I think of people like Verl. I think of Helen, Wendy, Dad, Cindy, if you could come. Just partner up with maybe 
someone to pray for something. But I want you to stand up. And there are some, God, the Spirit of God has been preparing you for a while in saying, seek me in this. This is important. And if you would say, Pastor, I, I need that. I need to be his witness. I am encouraging you to come down open to the Spirit of God filling you to completion. Well, his beginning work, I should say, in what he wants to do. And so I'm going to lift my hands to the Lord and I encourage you to do the same yielding of, of your spirit to God. Father God, there are many in this room that you want to use that God we have not been fully yielding ourselves and God today there, there are those that you have appointed for this time to seek you Lord to trust and know that you want to fill them up and that God you want to empower them to be witnesses so God I pray that Lord in this yielding in this surrender They will seek to actively pursue you and the power of God that can work in and through them to be the witnesses that you have called us to be. And so God, I pray for your people to step out in faith right now to see you move. That they might be actively used to make us a complete body. Thank you in Jesus' name. If that's you, if you want prayed for this morning, would you come forward?